We begin with James Brown of CBS Sports on assignment for 60 Minutes. Before he became a symbol of animal cruelty, Michael Vick was one of the most electrifying players in American football. As quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons, he was the highest paid player in the league, and he pulled in tens of millions of dollars in endorsements. But it all came to an abrupt end two years ago when police raided a farm Vick owned in Virginia and uncovered an illegal dogfighting operation. He eventually pled guilty to bankrolling the enterprise and participating in every aspect of it, including killing dogs that refused to fight. He was sentenced to two years in prison and eventually declared bankruptcy. Last month, he was released and conditionally reinstated into the NFL. Friday at a press conference in Philadelphia, it was announced he'd be playing for the Philadelphia Eagles after signing a two-year contract with the possibility of earning nearly $7 million. Tonight, in his first interview since going to prison, Michael Vick explains what he did, why he did it, and how he says he's changed. The first day I walked into prison, and they slammed that door, I knew, you know, the magnitude of the decisions that I make and the poor judgment and what I, you know, allowed to happen to the animals. And, you know, it's no way of, you know, explaining, you know, the hurt and the guilt that I felt. And that was the reason I cried so many nights and that put it all into perspective. You cried a number of nights. Yeah. About? what I did, you know, being away from my family, letting so many people down, let myself down, you know, not being out on the football field, being in a prison bed, in a prison bunk, writing letters home. You know, that wasn't my life. That wasn't the way that things were supposed to be. And all because of the so-called culture that I thought was right. And I thought it was cool and I thought it was you know, it, it, it was fun and it was exciting at the time. It all led to me laying in a prison bunk by myself, nobody to talk to but myself. Who do you blame for all of this? I blame me. Michael Vick was a human highlight reel with a powerful arm, blazing speed, and an uncanny ability to elude tacklers. He's the only quarterback in NFL history to rush for over 1,000 yards in a season, though he was injured a lot and never lived up to the high expectations in Atlanta. Very few people knew what was happening in his life off the field. When police raided a farm he owned in rural Virginia in 2007, they uncovered an interstate dogfighting operation called Bad News Kennels. They removed 66 dogs and exhumed the bodies of eight more. They also found dogfighting paraphernalia in a pit where fights were held. The dogs that were saved, raised and trained to be vicious fighters, are now being rehabilitated in hopes of being adopted, all at the expense of Vic, who was ordered by a judge to pay nearly a million dollars for the effort. And the operation, Michael, that you pleaded guilty to bankrolling, to being a part of, engaged in Barber's treatment of the animals, beating them, shooting them, electrocuting them, drowning them. Horrific things, Michael. It's wrong, man. I don't know how many times I gotta say, I gotta say it. I mean, it was wrong. 
I feel, you know, I feel tremendous hurt behind what happened. And, you know, I should have took the initiative to stop it all, you know, and I didn't. And I feel so bad about that now. And I, and I know, you know, that I, I, didn't, I didn't step up. I wasn't the leader. In any way, for those who may say it showed a lack of moral character because you didn't stop it, you agree or disagree? I agree. For six years, Vic ran Bad News Kennels with his childhood friends, breeding, buying, selling, and fighting pit bulls. Was there an adrenaline rush? Was it the sense of competition? What was it that gripped you about what you were engaged in with the dog fighting? Regardless of what it was. Do you know it don't what it was? Matter. Do you know what it was? I know why. You know, I know why. And regardless of what it was that, and why I was driven, you know, by what, you know, what was going on, you know, whether it was because of the competition or, uh, you know, whatever it may, it may have been, it was wrong. Were any of those reasons, though, the competition, the yeah. adrenaline? Yeah. Do you understand why people are outraged? I understand why. And I'm going to say it again. Sick as me to my stomach, and it was, you know, the same feeling I'm feeling right now is what people was feeling. And the feeling you're feeling right now is? Disgust. Pure disgust. When did you arrive at that feeling of disgust, Michael? When did the light go on? When I was in prison. When I was in prison, I was disgusted, you know, because of what I, I let happen to those animals. I could have put a stop to it. I could have walked away from it. But you I could have set the whole operation down. But you didn't, but and I why didn't. not? What was keeping you going? Not being able to say or tell, you know, certain people around me that, look, we can't do this anymore. I'm concerned about my career. I'm concerned about my family. So for the cynics who will say, you know what? I don't know. Michael Vick might be more concerned about the fact that his career was hurt than dogs were hurt. I, I don't, I mean, football don't even matter, you know. That's a Losing sad a $135 million dollar contract it don't doesn't matter. matter. It don't matter. It don't matter. Why I not? deserve to lose that because of what I was doing. You deserve to lose it. Yeah, I deserve to lose it. I deserve to lose the $130 million. Why would a guy who's making $130 million and, you know, on the flip side, you know, killing dogs or doing the wrong things, why would he, he, don't, do you des he don't deserve it? We met Michael Vick in Virginia. He wasn't allowed to cross state lines without permission from his probation officer. I know it's a challenge. He was accompanied by two men, former NFL coach Tony Dungy, who has been asked by NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell to mentor Vic, and someone you might never expect, Wayne Pacelli, president of the Humane Society of the United States. Why would you put your reputation on the line in working with Michael Vick? I've visited a lot of prisons. That's something that I do. And I know that there are a lot of young men um, especially African-American young men who need a chance, uh, who made a mistake, who did something wrong, who had a problem, but are looking to bounce back. That's what I've always been concerned about, not just for Michael Vick, but for hundreds of guys that I've talked to. Pacelli's relationship with Vick is even more unlikely. His organization provided evidence that helped put Vick in prison. While Pacelli says he remains skeptical, he nevertheless enlisted Vic as an anti-dogfighting ambassador. If we just punish Mike indefinitely and don't pivot 
to this problem in the communities where kids are victimizing these dogs and then going down a dead end street themselves because there are no heroic dog fighters. We will not be doing our job. And I felt we needed to get involved and we needed to do some creative things to reach these kids. So that's why we have our community-based programs and I'm really hopeful that Mike sticks with this and really reaches these kids because he can turn some of them around. I really do believe that. He needs no introduction, Michael Vick. Their first effort was in Atlanta last weekend where Vic talked to children in neighborhoods like the one he grew up in. I encourage you to love your animal, your, your animals or whatever, you, whatever animal you have, whether it's a dog, a cat, it's a reptile, you know, if it's a horse, I, I encourage you to love that animal dealing with all your heart. It's a message Vic says he never heard when he was a kid in Newport News, Virginia, where he was first exposed to dog fighting when he was eight years old. I was introduced very young, so I didn't think it was wrong because I seen the older guys, you know, condoning it and then, you know, doing it. You shared with me the story about even the police riding through the neighborhood and seeing what was happening. Explain that situation. When they got out the car and seen that, you know, there was two dogs fighting, they got back in the car and they wrote, they left. So that right there kind of made me feel like, okay, you know, this ain't, it's not as bad as it may seem. Uh, we didn't think it was bad at the time and you know, that kind of put a stamp on it. We knew it was a huge issue before Michael Vick was prosecuted, uh, but the public didn't know. We estimate there are 40,000 professional dogfighters in the country and perhaps 100,000 street fighters. We're talking about something that's occurring in every part of the country, rural and urban, white, black, Latino. It is an industry. What's the attraction? People enjoy watching these animals compete and fight they get excited by the bloodletting. They gamble on the outcomes. The fights may last 10 minutes. They may last three hours. Dogs die from shock. They die from blood loss. They suffer if they survive the process to maybe fight again. All for what? When the allegations of dogfighting first arose, Vic made another monumental mistake. He lied about it to everybody. Police, his family, his coaches, and to NFL Commissioner Goodell. I was scared. Uh, I knew my career was in jeopardy. I knew I had an endorsement with Nike, and, uh, and I knew it was going to be a big letdown. I felt the guilt, and I knew I was guilty, and I knew what I had done. And you know, not knowing at the time that you know, actually telling the truth may have been better than you know, not being honest. And uh, it backfired on tremendously. This has been a difficult week in any respect. He told us one of his biggest mistakes was lying to Atlanta Michael Falcons owner Arthur Blank, who bet the future of the franchise on the young quarterback, awarding him the largest contract in the history of the NFL at the time, $130 million, and stood by him as the charges piled up and Vic fell from grace. Fair to say that you broke his heart? Definitely. How did that make you feel, given that he was still sticking with you when everybody else turn the backs on you. It was, I, mean, I can't you know, describe the feeling. You know, the hurt deep inside, hurt that I never felt before, knowing that I disappointed him, knowing that he, he had given me every opportunity to come to him and reach out whenever I needed him. And he cared about me, and I took it all for granted. He also took his own talent for granted. Known for traveling with a large entourage of friends from Virginia, 
going on wild spending sprees, not focusing on football. You know what your reputation was like when you were playing? Yeah. What was it? I was lazy, you know, last guy in the building, first guy out. I know that. You know, I hear everything that people say. And that, that hurt me when I heard that, but I know it was true. It was true? It was true. I think everyone looked at it that way. A tremendous athlete, tremendous talent, very, very gifted guy who relies on his natural ability. He was exciting and probably didn't scratch the surface of his potential. And he and I talked about that for a, a long time in Leavenworth. He talked about not working out, not training, not studying, you know, kind of taking things for granted, the gifts that the Lord had given him, just really living on that and not working at it. It just reached a point in my career where I just totally lost touch, you know, with my Lord and Savior. And, you know, I thought I could do it on my own. And uh, I couldn't, so I had to, you know, I had to resurrect that back into my life. Now, you know, most people who get in trouble, all of a sudden they find God. Yeah. And you say? It's the only way I made it through prison. It's the only way I can live life. It's having faith and believing in, in, in the higher power, believing in God. Vic has also put his faith in the hands of a powerful group of attorneys, agents, and media advisors who are trying to rehabilitate his image and resuscitate his career and help him through interviews like ours. Michael, is this you talking or the Vic team of attorneys, image shapers, and the like? This is Mike Vic. People will see my work out there, my work in the communities, and my work with the Humane Society and how I really do care now, how I care about animals. And a lot of people will be watching. The NFL commissioner's decision to permanently reinstate him is pending, and the Humane Society has high expectations. You know, Michael is somebody who needs to continue to demonstrate a commitment to this issue. I told him that we were not interested if this was gonna be a flash in the pan involvement. And if Mike disappoints us, the public's going to see that. So it's not going to reflect badly on me or the Humane side. It's going to reflect badly on him. Will you be committed to all that you said that folks are hearing you say today? Still. Still. And I'm going to let my actions continue to speak louder than my words. And I'm going to still be involved in the community now because I still, regardless of football, will have a voice and can have an impact on kids because I'll be a living example of what not to do. dot com.